TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Everybody, welcome you to the Two Guys and a Mic show, TalkZone.com. Calm and a beautiful Friday heading into a great sports weekend. Hope a, a great weekend coming up for you and your family. If you don't have a family, well, then we hope it's just a great sports weekend for you. It's the coach and the big dog with you up until 11 o'clock. Lots going on. We're going to do, uh, well, we're going to break down everything from the Stanley Cup hockey to the Belmont. Joel doesn't know it yet, uh, David Olson, our producer, but I will be reading off all 12 horses entered into the 109th running. For the Belmont Stakes and the Big Dog, we'll be making an analysis of each one. Not a urinalysis. Well, it might be a urinalysis. You never know. Big Dog, of course, how... you, had to, you had to spring this on me right as well, the show begins. You couldn't give me. You couldn't tell me this at nine fifty-seven, so I could prepare. We tried to call you at nine fifty-seven, but you were preparing. I think in the commode is where you were preparing. Oh no, that's usually around the first break. Oh okay. <laughs> Preparation is everything, Big Dog. Both in the commode and out, as you well know. Yes, obviously. Yeah. By the way, All I, right, stop before I throw up. Highly, highly recommend, without getting too graphic, the extra soft, brand-new Charmin that they've got out on the market. My wife bought uh, last time at the grocery store, Big Dog. Uh-huh. Let's just say uh, highly recommend. It's a, yeah, t- cl- it's a tissue. Had to go to Walmart at 4 o'clock in the morning to get a, a toilet tissue. Uh-oh. That's a problem. Yeah, it what, was. Was it like third grain, fourth grain? What grain was it? Oh no, he goes. He goes extra soft. He likes to pamper himself. Oh, okay, extra soft. I, I thought I would have thought your roommate might have been a uh, single ply guy. He's not a coarse guy. No. no. <laughs> oh goodness, big dog. We got game uh, four. Almost said game five. Game four, the Stanley Cup on Friday. Of course, before we uh, return to our airwaves here on Monday, there'll be a game five, seven o'clock at the United Center. It could be a game clincher, but. Uh, Let's talk about tonight's game at Philadelphia. Hawks lead at 2-1, to one, and uh, it seems like the Hawks have a little bit of Pronger envy. Are you getting that to Chris Pronger kind of getting into the collective uh, innards of the Chicago Blackhawks? Uh, I think, you know what, uh, here's what it is. I think it's a bunch of guys who keep on getting asked the same question over and over again, so that's what it seems like. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't see it on the ice whatsoever. I do see it in their answers when they ask them questions about the guy. Yeah. So you're exactly right about that, but I don't actually see it on the ice. Like, I, I would agree. Oh with no, you. they're so concerned with this big goon that's out there. Yeah, all he's doing, you know, he's doing a nice job of checking and confronting the physicality of Dustin Bufflin, who was a big part of the offense in the last couple of series. But yeah, it's like it's not like he's stopping all three guys. I agree with you. It's more media. I mean, he's a good player and he's been solid, but uh, the media is building up way too much, especially here in Chicago. He's a great player, coach. I mean, let's just face it. The guy's great. I mean, he's an MVP. Yeah. He's a great player. I, I, so. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I haven't seen, and from what I've seen, I haven't seen great. I haven't seen an up ice move or a slap shot on goal or any tremendous blocking of a shot. I've seen a solid physical defender, but then again, I've only watched three Philadelphia Flyer games all season. Yeah, well, I, I would have to say that he is at the you know, on the downside of his career, but he, I mean, he's had such a phenomenal career. It'd be, it's kind of like, uh, watching Lawrence Taylor. I want to say Lawrence. Well, Lawrence, he was a defenseman that was MVP of the league. 
uh, Chris Pronger. So mm-hmm. it kind of is along those lines. Like at the end of his career, you know, you had to give him his respect because he still was one of the best players in the league and he played defenseman. I mean, how would, I think he's the last defenseman to win the MVP award. He won it like 10 years ago, though, so that yeah, was a no, long time. No, I, you know, again, I'm not the uh, only play hockey expert here while the Blackhawks are in the Stanley Cup, but wasn't there another pronger? We're not confusing Chris with a brother? Oh, no, 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 no. That's the same guy. There might have been other prongers, Coach. Okay. I mean, when it, when it comes to prongers, I have to admit I am no expert. All right. Plagers, by the way. Back in the day, there were a lot of defensemen in the family of plagers. Prongers, I'm not very good on, but plagers, I'm very right. good. I if was, you're a plager or a suitor or pers- a stutter. Personally, I was partial to Barkley. Which one, Cam? <laughs> Plager. Oh, I mean, Barkley Plager. Pro- yeah, Barkley Plager, one of the flying okay. Plager brothers. Uh, all right. Now that we've got that cleared up, thank you very much. Ready to My start? hockey history is history. It's, it's never. I've never really got on it. Coach. This show is going to be history if we keep this up. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Anytime our Callers want to interrupt the great flow that the big dog and the coach have created. Uh, feel free to do so. In fact, we encourage you to do so. If you don't call up, here's the threat. you got to listen to more of us in more yeah, uncomfortable think, moments. I think that was a little bit more of a blockage than a flow, Coach, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, like Anti Niemi with a little blocker save. We might need a couple more of those tonight. But, again, uh, 888-463-6748. You want to talk some hockey? NBA Finals. We'll get into baseball, too. Carlos Zambrano is back at it. And uh, David Olson has informed me it's back-to-back tragic moments. Yesterday's show, we had to inform the public that Rue McClanahan had uh-oh, passed. Uh-oh, because you know, they come in threes. That means two more are going to come then because the uh, Hopper, Coleman, and McClanahan right. were one three. But today, you know, it wasn't a death, but we find out the tragic firing of Baltimore Oriole manager Dave Tremblay. No longer, no longer the coach of your Baltimore Oriole. Uh, the, or the manager, depends on, you know, how you want to look at it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, coach, yes, sir. the best way for me to put it is, you know, managers are hired to get fired. You know, I know that's not the best analysis. But do you know who's running that organization over there? Uh, Peter Angelos. Uh, that was way back in the day, Coach, Rocky, back when they used to catch the ball it, and hit three-run home runs all the time. Possibly Blackhawk president Rocky Wirtz? No, if Rocky Wirtz was there, there'd be an invigoration of youth and excitement, and the place would be sold out every night, and uh-huh. everybody would be getting their money's worth. Who is running the organization? Uh, do you remember a guy that used to run the Chicago Cubs named Andy McPhail? Ah, there you go. Not okay, the owner, and, not the owner, but he's the GM. Yeah, the GM. It okay. was uh, president of baseball operations. And so far since he's been there, he has traded for Corey Patterson and Felix P.A. Okay, and they've given away talent for these people. And and Dave Trumbly's going to lose a job because of it? Mm-hmm. Luckily, he's still getting paid. That's the way it is. Maybe that, that those contracts are guaranteed. But, it, you know, if, if, you're, if you're trading away talent and picking up those guys, sometimes it's so funny, the GM should be the one getting fired, not the manager. Mm-hmm. So well, it's, 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 you know, Baltimore has gone through managers like it's a, like a recycling program. But I will tell you this, in all semi-seriousness here, as we talk a little uh, baseball away from the Stanley Cup hockey, and I'm a traditionalist and I go back in the day when the Baltimore Orioles were good, there's still something special to me, Big Doe, to me about the Baltimore Orioles and the city of Baltimore and the sport of baseball. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. When the Baltimore Orioles are good, baseball is all the better for it. You know what, and... You have every reason to feel that way because Baltimore had a more than 20-year run mm-hmm. of being 
the best team in baseball, or one of the best teams in baseball, I should say that. You know, so like right now, if you're like a you're like a 12 year old kid, you're like, well, the Orioles always stink. No, no, actually, believe it or not, the Orioles play 600 baseball almost every season from like 65 all the way to 1984. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, they've only they had that one little run in the mid 90s where they were pretty good, and they went to the American League Championship Series in '96, and that kid Jeffrey Mayer caught the ball over that Derek Jeter hit wow. that. Tony Carrasco, whatever should have caught. I mean, Baltimore's been brutal, and I could, I would love to give you a real good analysis of if Dave Tremblay should be fired or not. But that's the only American League East team they don't put on television anymore, Coach. I have not seen the Baltimore Orioles on television mm-hmm. except for the MLB Network, like an inning at a time. That's the only time you ever see them. I, I almost could use a Mark Belanger fix right now. And but as you were talking, I will say I'm, I'm almost glad that the Orioles were good back in the day before I met my wife, because, you know, I have strange dreams. And then I wake up and my wife looks like someone currently in sports. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, it, just think what would have happened back in the day, you know, back when the Orioles were playing, I probably would have woke up, she would have looked like Boog Powell. Oh, that Boog Powell would have been an issue, Coach. That would have been a definite issue. I mean, maybe if you were lucky, you would have got an Al Bumbry. You know, that wouldn't uh-huh. have been so bad. Possibly a Paul Blair. Very oh, that that wouldn't be so bad. Uh, you know, Paul Blair, he'd go and get him. I always like Paul Blair. Very high cheekbones. A very photogenic Paul Blair. Yes, yes. <laughs> he had the small throw. You know what I mean? Not the real yeah. thick one. The, the real, when everybody went gigantic throw and not combing that stuff, yep. he actually kept his nice and tight, Coach. <laughs> I always love the tight throw. David Olson, our uh, media critic, our political critic, also our geographical expert here on the show. Yesterday, you... Rather non-subtly, non-succinctly, basically cut down the city of Philadelphia. I think the term you used to describe it was a hole. Uh, we are now talking Baltimore Orioles. I do hope, as our geographical expert, you have nicer things to say about the fine city of Baltimore. Never been to Baltimore. Yeah, there you so go. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah, one of my buddies said he got crabs at Baltimore, so I don't think I want to go, Coach. <laughs> no, no, he ate crabs. They're good. No. Is that what it was? Yeah, no, no. Seafood oh, is very seafood. The harbor area in Baltimore. Seriously, if you're there, I highly recommend heading down to the harbor area. It's a tourist trap of the finest sorts. Well, no, it does sound like Baltimore does sound like one of the nicer cities. Though, yeah, but, yeah. Very so maybe good. there'll be. Do you think? You know, because Andy McPhail is, is running the show over mm-hmm. there. So you, you know, you're you're going you're not going to get talent. All you're going to get is high draft picks that yeah. don't come through. All right. uh, you don't have any talent on the team right now. There's a couple decent players. So as a, as a, so if you're the GM, Andy McPhail, you might have to sell the next manager on the city of Baltimore if the guy has any talent. If he's just some guy trying to get an, a major league baseball job, mm-hmm. you know what, then uh, it doesn't really care what the city is. He'll take anything because the one guy that will take any job is, is Jim Riggleman, and he's already working, right? You know, Jim Riggleman, and I like Jim Riggleman, but he's been in and out of so many jobs. Who is, is he with the Padres now? No, no, I was thinking uh, the Nationals. Is he still running the Nationals? Yeah, I from think last year? you know. I think you're right. Yeah, so uh, that was always actually, a. Uh, I was kidding. Riggleman is actually a pretty decent manager. Yeah, I, I, I've never had a problem with him. No, I was very as a, one of my more favorite Chicago Cub managers, no question about. It. Let me add David Olson as long as we got you as our geographical expert. Never been to Baltimore. Fired on Philadelphia. Give me a couple of cities uh, that you could recommend. Maybe a, a few that aren't on the top of the list of the. Two guys that are Mike, uh, you know, normal viewing thought processes, but a couple of fine cities you would recommend as our highly paid geographical expert. Uh, I can recommend Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe. Absolutely. Oh, very, and, Absolutely that, that's beautiful. Excellent. And you can go to the lake that they, that they 
made uh, Fredo swim with the fishes in Lake Tahoe. Sorry. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Where is Lake Tahoe? Uh, it's right on the border in uh, Nevada. Ah, it, I, like half the town is in Nevada, okay. half the town is in California. I thought it was one of our great lakes, Lake Tahoe. Apparently not. Okay. No, it is not. It is a great lake, though. Ah, it is a great right. lake. Lake Tahoe, very interesting. It's, uh, not, it's not too touristy? No. Okay. No, not at all. It's very, very laid back. Interesting. It's very, very laid back. And all right. Absolutely beautiful. Just a public service to our uh, mm-hmm. two guys in a mic public out there. Check out but, Lake Tahoe. But the California part is nicer than the uh, Nevada part. What do you got against Nevada? Well, because as soon as you cross the line, they got the casinos. See that right there, Joel? Because, no, seriously, in the same town, Coach, <laughs> like gambling is legal and, and in one part and not legal in the other part. Prostitution is legal in one part and not yep. the other part. So you're like, you'll have women standing like on the line, and you don't know whether to pay her or ask her out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Literally. Literally. I've never been to Lake Tahoe, but I would love to go there. But what? it's no surprise the California side is nicer than the Nevada side. Uh-huh. Not at all. Yeah, it's, a, it's like the Nevada side is just kind of like seedy. <laughs> you know, it really is. And right. they've got a Caesars Palace up there, and it's just, it's, you uh-huh. know, it's. Where the real Caesars live? What's that? Where the real Caesars Yeah, where live? the real Caesars live. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Big Dog, you and me will have to vacation in Lake Tahoe. I'll be on the California side. You're on the Nevada side. But for one night, we might switch, okay? No, no. i got to be honest with you, Coach. I I meant it. My gambling days are done, okay? I'll throw, like, $10 down on a pool. Yeah. But when when it comes to actually gambling, I I told myself I wouldn't do it again, and I've been smart enough not to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and speaking of gambling, I'm going to throw another city under the bus. Uh, Uh, Reno. Reno. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh my dad would hate you for that. Oh, Come on. Oh, oh, it's awful. See my, see, my dad was a degenerate gambler, so he loved Reno. He's uh, like, it didn't have all the traps of Vegas. I don't care about the shows. I don't care about no stinking clowns for the well, kids. Yeah, but that, but that, I'm but going that's there to what, lose all my money. But that's <laughs> what Atlantic City's for. If you want the straight-up gambling, you go to Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Well, at least, and at least in Atlantic City, from what I understand, I've never been there. I've only been in New Jersey once, but I heard in Atlantic City, uh, the the hookers are a lot cheaper because you don't have to pay the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> no, what what Reno was like if, you, if you've ever been to old uh, old Las Vegas downtown, where yes. they got the Westward Hole and everything like that. It's right. like you know, it, 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 make that like eight times bigger, and that's what Reno is. Okay, that's that's not painting a particularly pretty set. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. You know, my one time I I guess you get the saltwater taffy in Atlantic City. And one day, you know, like my mom was like, oh, you'll love this saltwater pepper. I had tried it. It was pretty good. I'm like, Dad, you want something? He's like, no, no, I'll never eat that stuff again. Found out that my dad went to Atlanta City, lost all his money, and all he could afford to eat was saltwater taffy for like the last three days he was in Atlanta City. <laughs> I don't care about the shows. I don't care about the girls. I don't care about the pools or the golf. Damn it. I just want to go and lose my money. I yeah, am Mr. Radonsky, and I'm also proud of my son, Joel, <laughs> who will have no money when I come back. Yeah, All right. Well. So Reno, uh, give me besides Lake Tahoe. Let's try to stay on the positive note. Another good uh, city that some of our two guys that are Mike folks might not be uh, as aware of. That they might not be aware of. I got well, I, I, I got I got nothing on that. Okay. I got nothing on that. Um, Tampa is excellent. Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida is excellent. Yeah. Not a great baseball town, apparently. If you actually like no, that's not, that's not true. I thought. I mean, since they've been winning the last couple of years, okay. I think. I think. Uh, the attendance has really drastically picked up. Tampa, the home of the ta- uh, the, the Rays. Rays, the Devil Rays. Okay. Oh, no, 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 it's just the Rays. Oh, they, sorry, they, they the Rays. The devil. Oh. And it's not like a manatee ray or whatever the heck. It's it's legitimately like a stun ray now, coach. 
Yes. They totally want the devil out much, of it. Much more user-friendly, as well could be expected. And, and David, i got to tell you something. If, you, if you're a guy who likes old German tourist women, go late <laughs> September through early November. I'm telling you, they will be all over you like like, like your Wiener schnitzel. Oh, goodness. You can see Big Dog's rating on each city is pretty much geared to one aspect in particular. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You're going to write a pamphlet, Big Dog? We could actually sell that and maybe make some money here for two guys at a mic. Something's got to. Well, one job I had for a year before I, I became a radio talk show host was I, I was sent around the country to different cities, uh, infrareding buildings, making sure they weren't going to fall down and stuff. That's right. And I, I had to spend a month, and it was the month of October of 1995 in uh, in uh, in Tampa. I spent like two straight months in Florida that year. It was it was it was, and I I could I swear to you, everybody was speaking German. Everybody was speaking German in that particular city. It was, um, it was amazing. <laughs> oh, goodness. You spent a year. It seemed like a year, but you only spent a month in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Well, that was true. Oh. I, 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 but thank goodness. You know, I melt in the sun. So it was kind of yeah. good that I went in October and it was overcast every yeah. day. But, Let me ask you this. Have you ever shot a man shot a man in Reno just to watch him die? Um, no, I haven't done that yet, Coach. You know have what? You? I have never been to Nevada at all. Have you ever seen Texas in your rearview mirror? I've uh, never been to Texas either. I'm pretty the, the southwest. I, I've missed out on. I've seen a lot of the country, but normally it's either east or like <laughs> southeast or California about 800 times. Final question before we resume uh, our normal sports broadcasting here: Have you ever have you ever seen a grown man naked? Uh, I hate to tell you, Coach. Yes, I have, well. and it was the other day. This guy, <laughs> I walked into the Valley locker room. And this guy had his foot up, and he was blowing his nose. And he kept blowing it and blowing I was like, why did I have to see that? I, the image is scarred into my head. Oh, goodness. From toilet paper to that particular image, we're off to a rolling start here on the two guys at a mic show. We wonder, Big Dog, why our ratings aren't higher. Goodness. America's, David doesn't. Huh? David Olson doesn't. No, no. David's David's got his pulse on reality. The two of us are living somewhere way beyond that. But quite frankly, I've tried living in reality, and uh, it's not all that enjoyable. I believe that is a Northern California city reality. Yes, thank you very much. 888-463-6748, the phone number. Somehow we were on playoff hockey and we got sidetracked into toilet paper and to Dave Tremblay, the city of Baltimore. Somebody got crabs. Next thing I know, we were out in Reno. And then uh, you're talking about German women in Tampa. That's about the way the show's gone so far, Big Dog. <laughs> well, tonight I, I have to, I'm not sure I have to. I am filming uh, one of my TV episodes at Rockies. Wow. Uh, at 31st and Wells, and I invite everybody out there, all the two guys in the Michael listeners, to come on out. You know, and that should get done around 6. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Joe and I are going to, because uh, Hogan's driving me, are going to get in his car and drive to Galway's, because that's where his wife and her band, Northern Comfort, are playing tonight, Coach. So listen, listen to this, what they have going on. So I'm going to have to listen to the Blackhawk game on the radio. And since it's not a clutching game, I really don't mind. And plus, I want to hear John Weideman anyways, because my goodness, people, if you – you got to hear the Blackhawks play-by-play guy. He is phenomenal. Okay, he can totally paint the picture of what's going on. So when that's going to happen, they're going to go on stage around 930. Uh-huh. I feel bad for them. And, I, you know, I, I should, like, we should alert them early to go on stage around 10, 15 or so. You don't want to go on stage at a bar during the third period of a Blackhawks Stanley Cup final. That could be a problem, especially when you're in the hometown of one of the teams that are playing. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that, so, that, and I don't want them problem. to say, why is everybody watching the television? So, you know, I got to let them know. Let mm-hmm. them know what the heck is going on yeah, beforehand. Right. Well, they, I'm sure, in defense of them, I'm sure they well know this situation they're walking into. But the no, game... I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. She's from Oklahoma, Coach. Okay. And I, she doesn't even know what hockey is, okay? Mm-hmm. So okay. I, we're, All right. I, I'm a little bit worried about him, but right. anyway, I'm going to have to uh, work the tape machine again tonight. Uh, being the good father I am, I am hosting my teenage son's team. I don't know if you're familiar with the American Cancer Society. They've got the thing called the Relay for Life. Have you heard of any of those? Mm-hmm. And they're you know held at local high schools, local community. Each community puts one on. It's the single biggest fundraiser for the American Cancer Society, which of course is a great, great cause. But tonight. Is the night all the teams, uh, you know, stay overnight, they camp out, there's activities in the evening, and you have to have one adult host for the high school team. So there I will be attempting, attempting not to find out the score of the Hawks game. I gotta sleep overnight in some old tent on a wet ground, and then come home tomorrow morning, big dog, at about six in the morning. Hope to watch Blackhawk hockey. How's that for you? That's, that's pretty cool. And I, and you know what? I think there might be a lot of people there. That's a problem. Who, uh, I know. We'll probably be in your same boat that won't want to know the score. The problem is there's going to be some uh, yep. idiot that yep. has a handheld and yep. let everybody know the score. Yep. And just to spoil it, just to be the guy who spoils it, because I, I know people like that. I can mm-hmm. imagine this one guy who I still want to strangle. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. I may end up finding out the score, but either way, 6 o'clock in the morning, if you want to come over, I'll be having a cup of coffee watching Blackhawk hockey. It's a beautiful thing. This is very reminiscent of the 90s because, you know, like this is the time of year everybody's got stuff to do in June. Because June is beautiful in the city of Chicago. It's one of the the nicest months. Mm -hmm. And, like, the Bulls would be in the finals. And I would always, oh, you got this graduation party, you got the prom, you got whatever I had. I always had something to do. And I didn't want to do any of it. All I wanted to do was watch the Chicago Bulls in the NBA Finals. You know, in the first couple of years, it was pretty easy. I'm like, listen, we've only been dating for so long. I can care less. I told you the Bulls are on, blah, blah, blah. If you don't like this, I'm done with you. <laughs> okay. You know, and then like a couple of years later, you know, dating a different girl, I would say that to them. Oh, they go every year. What is your pro? So I had to break up with a girl. And it wasn't until 1998 that I was in total control of my viewing habits for the NBA uh, playoffs and finals. And mm-hmm. I didn't have to listen to anybody trying to get me on anything. Coach, I got to tell you something. I've watched games in peace. I watched the Michael Jordan's last game of the Chicago Bulls totally by myself, not in a bar yep. where everybody else is yelling. Yep. I like legitimately just sat yep. there, and I knew it was going to be the last game. And for some reason, it was like I was at peace with him retiring. Mm-hmm. I was like, I finally got to watch him without somebody in, screaming in my ear. Yeah. You know, he averages thirty six points a game in the play. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Well, could you shut up? <laughs> Sorry, don't tell me to be a jerk. But. Yeah, sometimes for the true sports fan, uh, the sports bar. And- like you watch a Super Bowl football game, people are yakking away. You can't hear because all the chips are being munched. For the true sports fan, I can't speak for every true sports fan, but for a lot. And and I would include that in myself. Watching a game in the peace and quiet of your own home, sometimes the best environment. That's what I'll be doing at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I, I mean, honestly, I'm just, I might sound like a jerk. I will say I love going watching them with all my boys and stuff. It's just sometimes you end up like in the most important games that you want to watch, mm-hmm. and you end up watching them with people that could that could care less whatsoever. You know what I mean? That's like I've watched, you know, I watch every single uh, Bulls and Blackhawks and Cubs game with uh, Russ and, and Cloudy and my boy Brian. 
You know what I mean? And next thing you know, I'll be watching the NBA or the, the Hawks in the finals with people I could care less. You know mm-hmm. what I'm just like, oh. All right, now, on that same vein, you know how excited I am about the World Cup. We'll be covering the World Cup here and the two guys in a mic show if you're a soccer big, fan. Big news World Cup-wise, big news for the U.S., and it's not good. Oh, I, oh, I do want to hear that. Hold on with that thought. But uh, here's the place to catch your so- World Cup soccer action, folks, sports talk. Uh, if you enjoy soccer, if you're into the World Cup, we'll bring it to you and two guys at a mic. And even if you're not into the World Cup, we will we'll find a way to make it entertaining. So make sure you check here the next couple of weeks, or actually, it's close to a month that the World Cup will be going on. But bottom line is, big deal. I haven't checked the exact schedule, but I believe I believe my son's graduation the exact same time as Italy versus Senegal round two in Group A. What do I do? Oh, coach! That's, it's Italy that's a and really Senegal. tough one, right there. Seriously, I know. I mean, your your son will probably graduate from college. I'm sure. What's oh, uh, the big deal yeah. about high school then? At no, that no, point? no, 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 no. This is only junior high. Oh, it's only junior high. He probably doesn't even want to go. I know I didn't. He wants to go to the parties. He doesn't want to hear all the speeches. There you go. Yeah. There you go. The last. No, this is a commencement. <laughs> and commencement means beginning. You like whatever. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, so, uh, rec- you're recommending I stay home and go Italy, Senegal. Uh, I mean, how often do you get to see Senegal on national television, Coach? <laughs> Probably just as many times as your son will graduate from junior high. <laughs> Both of them are rare occurrences, believe me. Yeah, yeah I, will, I will tell you, it depends on all who's, who's doing the football game. Because if it's, if it's that Timmy Smith guy, you can't miss it because you know he's going to say something that's funny Is he and the, controversial. He's not the go 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 So that's. No, that's some dude from, uh, okay. that's on Telemundo, coach. Okay. And it's, yeah. So it isn't, it isn't the same guy. By the way, I don't think we talked about it in our two guys at a mic show, but back in the day in our radio show, we were uh, both big fans of Telemundo. I know you in particular. Uh, I still am, coach, by the way. I, I still am. And, uh, what's that guy uh, that, uh, get, uh, that guy that gets all the women? What's his name? Oh, you're talking about the Ansabago Gigante? Yeah. The gigantic dude? Yeah. I don't I don't know his name, Coach. Okay. I think it's El Gordo is what I think his name is. But you know who I'm talking about, right? He's on like – it's like every other program on Telemundo includes him and like three rather buxom young ladies. Yeah, it, it's – where do they get all these blonde Mexican women from, by the way? <laughs> I think from Reno, Nevada. <laughs> is that what it no, is? No, no, from Lake Tahoe, the Nevada side. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break. An odd start to the show. We've only got a half an hour left. We might as well make it an odd end of the show. And just make it an odd show altogether. We'll talk Lakers and Celtics. Continue talking the Hawk and the Flyers. And don't forget, we got the Big big Dogs breakdown of the Belmont Triple Crown race on Saturday. All coming up on twoguysatamiketalkzone.com. Quick break. Don't go anywhere. David Olson, our fine producer. Back in a minute.
time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, we are back at you. Our phone lines are open, folks. Dial it up anything you want to talk about in the world of sports. You want to jump off the sports page. You can do that too. 888-463-6748. We danced around it. Big Dog never got into it, but your thoughts on uh, game four tonight. The Hawk and the Flyers been a phenomenal series so far as far as entertaining hockey. What do you expect uh, tonight in game four? Yeah, I do expect a, a Chicago Blackhawk victory. And uh, basically, uh, Philadelphia woke them up the other day. And you know what? It was such a close game. It could have gone either way. Obviously, it's an overtime game. There was so many different opportunities. Uh, Niemi keeps on playing the way he was in, in the first three games. He'll be fine, and, the, and they'll get a W. And let's face it, Philadelphia has made it a series by making it 2-1. If the Hawks can uh, can rush this game away from uh, from the Philadelphia Flyers, they will basically be totally in control and have a chance to uh, mm-hmm. punch it off at home on Sunday. So uh, a big game for Chicago Blackhawks. They can base, I'm not saying clinch the series and make an automatic win, but uh, they can basically, you know, they can basically win the series today if they win, so it's, it's a big game for them. Television ratings, by the way, not just here in Chicago, but across the board, have been off the chart. It's the most watched NHL Stanley Cup in many a year. I think the versus game on uh, what was it a Wednesday night game on Wednesday was the highest rated show ever, ever on the versus channel. It even beat the show about the deer's attack and the bear, which uh, you well, know what I, I, I was extremely surprised about that. And they yeah. did, they did uh, what do you call it when. Uh, Big Hoss was taking on uh, Billy Ray Smith in the semifinals of the bass fishing competition like three years ago. It beat that Classic. one. Whoever would have thought that was ever going to be that, that was a very, very memorable class. I still get emotional. I still get choked up when I think about that. I'm, I'm still surprised that ball, yeah. that boat held the Big Hoss. But well, and yeah, I still say that trout should have counted, but I don't want to go back and over. <laughs> it's, it's really good. And, uh, <laughs> you know what, Rocky Works was right. He was like, we should not have finals game on the Versus Network. Who knows how much higher the ratings would have been if um, it was on NBC like it should be or ESPN no, but, but, or TNT. Like, uh, basically a channel where people know where it's at. But what but I was going to ask you now, what is the reason? I don't have an answer for this here. I was, I was kind of, I don't know if shocked is the word, but surprised. What's the reason this particular Blackhawks and Flyers, are these teams that sexy compared to previous teams? What is the reason the rating so high in this particular series? I think it's quite simply the simple fact that um, hockey is kind of like the fringe sport in the first place. Okay, right. you know what I'm saying. So, like for basketball, football, or baseball, in order to get they get like two to three times the ratings of what hockey has. Okay. okay. So what happens is, since Philadelphia and Chicago have rabid fans, and everybody in Philadelphia and everybody in Chicago supports their teams when they get to the final, that since the hockey uh, ratings are aren't really huge. They're only big. Okay. The great support that the the Blackhawks have, and the, the great support that the Flyers have, mm-hmm. really makes a difference in the ratings. Okay. So like, uh, if like other like just like the Carolinas of the world when they go to the Cup, I mean, seriously, I mean, how many people in Carolina actually care about the Hurricanes? You say Hurricanes in Carolina, and people they don't <laughs> run and turn their television on; they run into the basement. Okay. So. I think that's what it has a lot to do okay. with, Coach. I mean, because it, let's, let's face it, you're talking about if this, is, if this ends up being the highest-rated NHL finals of all time, it would have been the 50th-ranked NBA finals of all time. Mm-hmm. 
Right, exactly. And, and, and I love hockey. I'm not ripping hockey whatsoever. This is the, that's why, though. So if you get two teams that really – or two cities that really support their team, that's, that you're going to get that type of stuff. So, like, if it would have been Boston or New York or Montreal, it would have been the same way, Coach. Exactly. And if um... – NBC would have known it would have been Philadelphia and Chicago. Of mm-hmm. course, they would have had all, all, all the entire okay. Stanley Cup there. But uh-huh. you know, like Joel said, if it was like Carolina and uh, versus San Jose, yeah, exactly, San Jose. I mean, the Phoenix Coyotes against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, exactly, exactly. NBC right. wouldn't want to touch. Them, In a so. sense, then, what you're describing to me is a little disappointing because I was hoping as a uh, new and ingrained hockey fan that it was catching on throughout other cities, but you're really not telling me that. You're basically telling me the ratings weren't that – there weren't that many people to begin with, and the reason the ratings have gone up percentile-wise is because you got two large fan bases. So it's not like the Blackhawks are becoming popular in in Phoenix. No, exactly. exactly. Okay. And I guess I could have said it a lot simpler the way you did. Right. You know, and. So- it, uh, the league is still feeling the repercussions of that last strike. Yep. I mean, they, they, I mean, the, the popularity of hockey was really going up at that point, and that just like that, that, that mm-hmm. took the wind out of the sails, and they never, yeah, that, it, it, it never came back. It never came back. It has, it has not gotten back to the level it was before that last strike. You know, that's that's a great point, Dave. Because if you think about it, it was the the late nineties. What ninety nine was the last one that they had, and they had one previously, like three years earlier. Yep, yep. And, and you, you lost the Stanley Cup Finals that year. And I mean, yeah. it was they never recovered. They never recovered. And at, at that point, they had Wayne Gretzky at the end of his career. So you still had all that Gretzky momentum. You yeah, had Mario Lemieux that, is still around. Yeah, yeah. And th- those are they they were in their prime, like M- Lemieux. And, and Yager and like the, the Red Wings and the Avalanche had such great teams and they couldn't, they couldn't capitalize on that momentum because of the strikes. Like Michael Jordan, you know, has been able to catapult the NBA to a point where he was able like to pass the baton and, and carry it on even though players aren't as great as him. Like obviously they're not as great as, as Gretzky. But so Dave, you were, you know, you saw like when the Islanders won three or four championships in a row, it brought the whole city in New York in and then all of a sudden the Rangers won in 94. All that washed on the tube. All of it. All of it. All of it. And they, it, the NHL has not yet had, uh, you know, a McGuire and Sosa moment to bring it back to the limelight. Because that's, I mean, that's that's what brought the fans back after the last big baseball strike. And mm-hmm. hockey hasn't it, hockey hasn't done that. And it, it didn't help that uh, that they lost their uh, national TV deals because uh, you know they were on Fox and then they were on uh, NBC and then they got exiled to cable. When ESPN took over, and that that didn't help matters either. Um, the basically, it's something like seventy percent of all TV money for the NHL comes from outside the United States. Legitimately, it's they have uh, Europe has the contract. Canada obviously is most of the money. Uh, Europe has just as much money going into it as as America does. So if you think about that respect, that if you don't if you're not getting TV money from American channels. That's not good, but it, I, I like the fact you you brought the McGuire Sosa moment. Are they gonna are, are they gonna need like somebody to like make a run at like ninety goals? That, like because Gretzky had ninety two one year. Are they gonna need something like that in order to get hockey back on the map? Maybe for the casual fan. I, I'm gonna float something out there. The young Hawks team that is probably gonna end up winning it all has a chance to be the dominant team for the next three, four, five years. Wow. With yeah. the youth. Oh, they did. No, they do. They do. 
I, I contend that they could be one of the catalysts to bring the NHL back to the forefront. If you get a dominant young team that everybody's going to be looking to knock off mm-hmm. in a major market, all right. I, I don't know. That, I mean, that, that, that could bring that could bring some fans. I got back. four things written down here. You want to check in on the uh, hockey talk uh, here on the Two Guys at a Mic show eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Not to refute everything you guys have said has been very well researched and succinctly put, and it makes complete sense. But and maybe this is from my personal standpoint more than widespread. Here's four four things that uh, have affected the popularity of the game. One amount of foreign players which creates unfamiliarity with the players. Two, when they started wearing the masks and the helmets, you lost that personal touch with some of the hockey players. I'm going back to the original six days. Three, the amount of expansion. So many teams, so many players, teams now come into town. I don't know who all the guys are. You lose that personal touch, which makes sports interesting. And number four, Big Doe, just on a, on a very sociological basis, People still love their baseball, basketball, and football, and people's schedules are extremely busy these days, too busy. And there's just, it's not that hockey's not a great sport. And again, researchers will probably refute this. I'm just talking to you on an instinct level. Yeah. Very simply, no time to watch hockey. I'm not going to agree with you on two and four because the most popular sport in America is football. So you're number two, they wear the mask, but you can still yeah. kind of see their face. And, okay. and in football, you absolutely cannot see anybody's face up to unless they get the, you know, the extreme close up. And I really, to be quite honest with you, I really don't want to see Julius Peppers up close. <laughs> and number four, the, the, I, I do agree that, you know, there's other sports and people are very busy. There's absolutely, but, you know, people have always been busy because life used to be a little bit harder 50 years well, ago. Harder. You know, and, harder, and, yes, but, but not more busy. Well, coach, you know, 50 years ago, uh, it was it was horse racing, boxing, baseball, and and hockey. Yeah, but there wasn't a, a park, a local park district brochure that comes in the mail that is now like eighty two pages. Back then, the park district brochure of programs was two pages. So you know, dad and kid had a lot more time to sit around at night and maybe catch the Chicago Blackhawk game. Now you're going to this class at six o'clock, the dance class at seven, and try to make your hockey game or your kids hockey game or Baseball game at eight o'clock at night. Okay, well, uh, I I guess so. You got to, and there's a lot of entertainment choices just overall, and you know, not just sports anymore. But you know, you're one in three. I, I do agree with you with that. Okay. Number three, way too much expansion. The the best thing hockey could do right now would be eliminate sixteen. Just take sixteens out and make four sixteen divisions, and just do away with this god awful mess of the Nashville Predators. The Nashville Predators sold out. The only games they sold out all year long were the games that the Hawks played in. That's the only ones. The regular season games and the playoff games. Mm-hmm. And it was basically half the, uh, half the crowd was from Chicago. They were wearing, you know, Chicago red, black Hawk jerseys. Monday show, we were going to give away as a prize a Nashville uh, Predator replica jersey, but I guess we'll put that away for another day. Yeah, so I, I just think I agree with you with expansion. Okay. And, you know, um, this whole worldwide thing, well, you know what, Coach? Maybe in the United States it's that way. But like, I'll remind you. Seventy percent of the TV money for the NHL comes from Canada and from Europe. So, as I, in a way, I'm not going to agree. I agree in America that might hurt, but overall, in the whole sense of the sport, it's a worldwide sport. So okay. that's just something you're going to have to deal with. All right. Well, all those sociological factors aside, I think we're finding uh, up close and personal what a great, great sport. 
that hockey is great spectator sport. I got the worst eyes in the world, by the way, and I can still follow the puck on TV, so I never quite bought that. Obviously, it's better in person, but it's a great game on television, too, and this particular series has been uh, just spectacular entertainment. Even I, I didn't feel bad after the Flyers scored that sudden-death overtime goal, Big Dog. A little disappointed, obviously, but I wasn't crushed like I might be watching my team in a professional sport final, and I wasn't crushed because the game was so entertaining. Uh, I, I, here's the reason why I wasn't crushed. I just, I just know they're going to win the series. And I was disappointed, right. but I wasn't, I, I wasn't like, by the way, I, I, I don't know if I'd be quite so sure because from what I've seen in the three games, I know Flyers have come in as a seven seed. The Blackhawks are a two seed. If you just watch the three games, the Philadelphia Flyers are every bit as talented as the Chicago Blackhawks. I, I wouldn't agree with that. I do think the Hawks are a little bit deeper. Well, I'm saying uh, watching those three games. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, okay. And, and I said it from the beginning. I was like, this isn't going to be a cakewalk. Everyone, oh, they're going to be a sweep. They're going to kill them. It's the NHL finals. It's the Stanley Cup finals. This isn't easy. They don't just, you don't just skate out and they, you know, you, you slap the puck around a couple times and they hand you the cup. You get, mm-hmm. you got to win four grueling games. They're very rarely has, I mean, there have been sweeps in NHL finals, in NHL finals, and, it's none of them have ever been easy. The last time there was an easy Stanley Cup Finals when Detroit swept the the Philadelphia Flyers, and that was back when I still loved hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, so because I have to admit, like Dave said, I eventually was like, I'm sick of this. These guys go on strike all the time. So yeah. It doesn't happen very often, Coach. So the going on strike. Well, I certainly hope not. The next professional sport potentially to go on strike would be uh, your beloved National Football League, right? I tell you something. If the NFL, if the NFL goes on strike with the what uh, NCAA football needs to do is have uh, college games that are very close. So, like, if Illinois is playing Northwestern or if I was playing Illinois, play a couple games on Sunday. And all of a sudden, people will be like, you know what? And all, all I have to do is just start a couple fantasy leagues for college football, mm-hmm. and nobody will miss the NFL anymore. Mm-hmm. Where people actually, guys that don't watch college football watch the NFL, the NFL will decide to come back off of They'll figure that stuff out real quick when people realize <laughs> that you can play football on a high level. I'm not kidding, Coach. Yeah, and if they don't, college football players will start to say, uh, show me the money. Yeah, why not, y'all of a sudden, yeah. Why not? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's already the case, but it would just increase that. All right, 888-463-6748. If you'd like copies of that uh, last 10-minute sociological analysis of the sport of hockey, you can contact our producer, David Olson, and uh, we'll send you a CD. And you'll need your analysis. <laughs> I'd like your analysis of my analysis, by the way. Speaking of your analysis, very quickly before we get to Carlos Zambrano and the Cub. Yeah, you, I got to let you know what happened for the U.S. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Break is this breaking news? Uh, it was just found out this morning. Oh, good news uh, or bad news? Leave it me was, it's very bad news oh! because today, which no, was no, happening no. at like four o'clock in, our, in, in, in the morning, break this, uh, Josie break out the door. What? Who is he hurt his ankle pretty bad and he won't be able to practice. He's day to day. He definitely will not practice. And they're expecting him to play in the game, but he he won't he wouldn't have practiced for a week before he played. So. Wow! And he's a uh, he's a playmaker of sorts, Josie Altador. Yeah, Landon Donovan is our best player. He were you know he he's like he passes the ball and he sets everybody up. But Josie Altador is the guy that puts it in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's been scoring like a like two goals every three games for the oh, for huge. the U.S. team in the last couple. That like, is so, huge. Like now, year. now you got me thoroughly depressed. And don't forget, we're already missing one of our top scorers, Charlie Davies. Who got uh, into a, what was it? A horrible was it? Motorcycle? Car accident? Um, I believe. I thought it was just a regular car. Okay, almost. Uh, almost got killed. 
So he's lucky to be alive. He's made a great recovery, but he's not quite back at World Cup level. Uh, and we're going to miss him because he was a dynamic scorer. Yeah, this is by far the greatest U.S. football team of all time. You know, I know we're not going to beat it to death. You know, and I know people usually don't want to listen to the soccer talk, but this is a, they actually had a chance to, to go into the medal round and in in the knockout round and actually, you know, maybe win a couple games this year. And uh, you know, you take away all their their scores, uh, the things aren't good for the U.S. team right now. No, all right. Well, we'll have to battle Lionel. What's that guy's name? Messier or? Uh... Well, they don't have to mess with Messier until uh, possibly the knockout round because he's Argentine. Ah, okay. And Argentina barely made it in uh, through qualifications. They they were like the 31st of the 32 teams to get in. Obviously, South Africa, since they're the host team, they automatically get in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they were one of the last to get in, like them and France, and uh, they're the favorite. It it cracks me up. They're kind of like the Philadelphia Flyers. They barely get into the playoffs, and then, you know, (laughs) once they get in, they they could have a chance at winning the whole thing. Well, actually, the two favorites, I think, uh, most people picking Spain on one side and Brazil on the other. I think those are the two. I wouldn't call them prohibitive favorites, but those are the two slight favorites anyway. Oh, absolutely. I was just also throwing that, like, Argentina, Italy, Germany, and and England. Those are, like, the five. Anybody outside of that five would be a pretty big surprise. But, Mm -hmm. like, Argentina, England, Germany, Italy, or... uh, Spain or Brazil. Um, okay. Actually, Italy they 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 uh they cut Giuseppe Rossi. Coach, how could they cut Giuseppe? What? Come on, yeah, Giuseppe. Giuseppe is no longer on the bella. Did not even make the roster. Mm-hmm. Not even on the traveling squad. I have no idea who he uh, is. By the way, I just wanted to say Giuseppe. Ah, uh, love his restaurant. By the way, Giuseppe Rossi is on the Wall Street in Chicago. It's right near Rockies. By the way, you might want to stop by. Oh, I bet it's delicious. That pasta bazoo to make everybody drool. <laughs> All right, speaking of your analysis of my analysis and favorites and underdogs, I have before me very quickly the Triple Crown will be run tomorrow, Big Dog. There's probably less publicity on this Belmont than I can ever remember, but uh, great tradition, great tradition, the 142nd running of the Belmont Stakes. So very quickly, I thought I'd give you uh, maybe a little five-second analysis, if you could, for our horse racing fans out there who might be you know, there might be some fans going to put down a hundred, couple hundred based on your comments. I don't want to put pressure in. Oh, that, that's not my money. <laughs> Apparently you're not feeling any pressure. No. Oh, that's right. You got rid of your pressure during the first break. <laughs> haven't yet, believe it or not, Coach. <laughs> All right, here we go. Very quickly, horse number one, uh, Dave in Dixie, ridden by Calvin Burrell. Oh, Calvin Burrell, well, I'll I tell you one thing, that you will get the most out of that horse, and if it doesn't win, it'll go straight to the glue factory if Burrell's on it. <laughs> Spangled Star, 30-1, to 1, written by uh, Double G, Garrett Gomez, a personal favorite. Uh, Spangled Star, very patriotic. Uh, but you know what, if, if you're going to mangle the name, it should be a little bit cuter than that. So Okay, so you don't like Spangled Star? No, not at all. All right, how about Uptown Charlie Brown, written by Rayleigh Mara, 10-1 to 1 odds, uh, owned or I should say trained, by the beautiful and lovely Kieran McLaughlin. Oh, that's, that is, it needs to be lovely. Have you been to Uptown in Chicago, Coach? I have not. Oh, my. There's, I mean, it's like a methadone <laughs> clinic right next to a, a, a Chinese <laughs> restaurant, right next to a cash station place next to a methadone clinic. Oh, good. I don't know about you, but I'd rather see Kieran McLaughlin run than, uh, than the horse, Uptown Charlie. I have seen her run, Coach. She doesn't really particularly like it. Right. From the fourth position, Make Music for Me, written by... Jose Rosario. I got to tell you something. If you want to get into a girl's pants, you know, just bring up that name and and the guy's name and also the name of the horse. Oh. A little wine, a little cheese. Watch that race by yourself, and next thing you know, 
you, you can make beautiful music together. All right, so you, that's possible. Ten to one, you, right now you like make music for me with Jose Rosario. Well, uh, ten to one, that hopefully it goes down to five to one so we actually have a chance, you know what I'm saying. How about fly down? Odds are nine to two. John Velasquez trained by Nicky Zito. Well, if Nick Zito has a partner, you know that yeah. horse has a lot of drugs in it. Okay. Cheap shot. You know that that horse better not be tested afterwards. It's probably going <laughs> to make the same sounds. He's going to after he wins the race, he's going to go hug the Maris family. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. I won't even mention the number six horse, the favorite, because he's trained by Nick Zito too. But Icebox, close in the Preakness, close in the Kentucky Derby. All the fans are waiting. Big dog, can this finally be the time that Icebox gets over the top? Yeah, Icebox will be fought out this particular race, and it'll, I mean, legitimately be the most disappointing race horse in the history of racing, but luckily nobody will be watching, so no one will even know. All right. I don't know. The fact that Rue McClanahan died a couple of days ago might affect Icebox's performance. Is that where they put her? Possibly. Okay. How about how about the uh, eight-horse Game On Dude trained by Bob Baffert, Martin Garcia, aboard Game On Dude? Uh, trust me, that particular name has got to go, Coach. Well, it's a horse that runs very relaxed. Likes to sit in the stable. All the other horses are pacing around. Game on, dude. Just kind of sits back on his hindquarters, uh, has a camel cigarette, and just watches all the pacings, and then goes out and runs the race. Yeah, yeah. Most horses want to go off the stud. Afterwards, this horse is trying to go surfing. <laughs> all right, let's throw away the other four horses. We don't got time for the rest of that. Nicely done, Big I don't know if you helped. Any of our racing fans decide where to put their 100 or 200, but uh, for me personally, the entire four minutes was well worth the the hug, hugging Roger Maris's family comment. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm going to use that today on my TV show. Uh, you I know can. what? I, I highly encourage that. That was outstanding. All right. Okay, good. <laughs> well, we talked NHL. There was the uh, game opener of the NBA Finals last night, the Boston Celtics, L.A. Lakers. I know you picked the Celtics to win. The Lakers uh, at home. Yesterday, 103-89, Paul Gasol was excellent. Kobe Bryant, big deal. He's having a great – you can't take his greatness for granted. It's an easy trap, but he's had a phenomenal entire playoff. Oh, yeah, he has. And he has – this is as best as he has, he's ever played. Yep. Let's just put it that way. And that, that's a bold statement. Like, every year when we used to watch Michael Jordan, we'd be like, you know, he's better than last year. You know, he's better than the year before. And it's like, well, it's true with Kobe. This is He's at the peak of his basketball career right now mm-hmm. in 2010. And it crashed up. LeBron James has won the last two MVPs. And, and as much as I would think LeBron is the future of the NBA, it's, Kobe is still the best player in the league, Coach, right mm-hmm. now. And I know, you know, LeBron doesn't have Paul Gasol and, and a bunch of other very nice pieces around him, but uh, he is an absolute fantastic player. And I hate saying that because I, I don't like the guy. He bothers me. There's just something that rubs me the wrong way with Kobe. Yep. I don't know if it's the way he sticks his chin out trying to look tough. You know, but he does focus, you know, so that, Boy, that, maybe, that was exactly the word I was going to use. In addition to his great talent, he's got a look in his eyes this year, even more different than some of the other championships years and in focus, intense, intense, driven focus uh, so let, would be the description I would put. Let me ask you, you the questions of the game, because uh, I've watched very little of it because quite honest with you, I, you know, I'm, I'm concentrating on the yep. Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs now that I'm trying to take a different career path. Well, so was it the fact that the Celtics were old and slow 
that they lost the game, or was it the fact that the Lakers just played a really good ball game? Because that was remember that was going to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Is if the Celtics lose, it's because they're tired from the whole season. You yeah. know what did you think? Well, again, I didn't watch all of it. The little bit I watched, a combo thereof. The Boston Celtics did definitely lack uh, the zest, the energy, the quickness, and the Lakers were not, from what I saw, nothing spectacular. Nothing spectacular. Very workmanlike job. And uh, old man Derek Fisher was a nice scoring threat as well. Yeah, I tell you something. That guy is one of the best complimentary players yes. that has ever played the game of basketball. Yep. Legitimately. He's, if you want to build, he could have fit on, he could play on any NBA championship team ever. He would be able to have a role on that particular team. Mm-hmm. And he's not the, the greatest player ever, but it always seems like if you need something done, Derek Fisher will get it done. For you, I really do like that guy. And you uh, wonder, few, you wonder I, how I he gets it done. Ten. What's that? I say you wonder how he gets it done. He's not the quickest. He's a little guy. Uh, you know, he's a good shooter, not a great. Sh- you just wonder, you know, with it's his athletic skills, how he's that effective. But he is. It's will. Just, he's yeah, one of those guys that can will things to happen. Yep. Good point. Um, yeah, I watched about ten minutes of game time out of the forty-eight minutes yesterday. And every time I, uh, it seemed like I was watching it, they would get the, the ball, the, the ball, the Paul Gasol, like, right, like, like at the top of the key or like wing, and he would immediately get rid of it. He never waited. He, he made things happen. It, there would be a beautiful pass. He had like five assists just while I was watching the game, which I don't know what he ended up with, but his, some of his passing, I mean, you, you look at him and I just see somebody that smells. He looks like a guy that stinks, that doesn't shower. Okay. <laughs> that might be rude and maybe I'm wrong or off base or I might be right on, but I do know one thing. That soft man could definitely pass. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd take him on my intramural basketball team anytime. Well, yeah. He probably yeah. would be the best guy in the league. No question about it. All right. Uh, any fans you want to chime in on the NBA Finals, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748. I told you I'm not getting excited about that. Not feeling the juice. Probably a lot of it, uh, partly because we're here in Chicago with the Blackhawk fever. But part of it is just basketball burnout, too. But come come game five, six, seven, if the drama starts to unfold, I'll be watching. But right now, interest level, fairly low. But that's just Yeah, me. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, just like you know, we're the type of fans that we just want to see the two best teams, just because it's the Celtics and Lakers, don't make us run to it. You know what I mean? And and we wouldn't turn it off if it was the Magic and the Suns. You mm-hmm. know, that's just how we are, coach. All right, uh, let's talk real quick some baseball. Big dogs, Chicago Cubs. A uh, couple of days off, one because of rain, one because of scheduling. They're back in action, and the big story for our beloved Cub is Carlos Zambrano. Will make yeah, his uh, first start in a long time. How do you think he'll do? I think Carlos Zambrano is going to have a phenomenal game. Uh, I, I think he's going to turn things around. He, he's always good and very good in June, great in July, dominant in August. He's going to have a lot less innings on him. I am predicting he turns it around. Legitimately, I really do. He's going to, you know, when people can rip on him all they want, he's a hothead and he is. But I, I think now he, he, I think this is the best thing that could happen for him. And if I'm wrong, the Cubs season will go down faster than a, a Led Zeppelin. Well, that's the best way to put it. And I hope you're right as a Chicago Cub fan, but here's where I, where I worry a little bit from past experience. When Carlos Zambrano has too much time to sit around, he already gets juiced up a lot, right? You know, he's got that natural adrenaline kick. He's a very emotional guy by nature. He's had so much time to think about this. Uh, opening day is, he's been very unsuccessful. Anticipation. I think the more he has time to anticipate and think and get pumped up, he gets over pumped up. So I'm not as confident as you that he will uh, 
perform the way the Cub fans want him to today? Well, there's a couple of things. You, you are right, and for some reason, because like, when he starts throwing the ball really hard when he's pumped up, his ball goes really straight. And yep. Zambrano throwing 98 miles an hour with a fastball that doesn't move at all. He's not as effective as when he throws 93, and that ball dances and dips when he, he, when he throws the ball like Greg Maddox used to. You know, and you're, you're right on that respect. But also, Coach, he wasn't throwing even 95. He was lucky to be hitting 90, 91 miles an hour when he was starting early in the year and when he was relieving. So maybe this little bit of a respite, mm-hmm. maybe he was he started eating a little more because I want the fat Zambrano back. I really want big fat, big Z back. Yep. Uh, maybe he can start getting uh, his regular fastball up to 93, 94, 95 mm-hmm. and let it dance from there. So hopefully uh, I'm, I'm staying the eternal optimist Cub fan. And I'm looking at all the positives of what you can get out of this. I'm going to stick with it. Coach. Uh, we'll see if our Cubs and Sox can have a good weekend when we come back on Monday. And finally, Big Dog got about 45 seconds. And uh, we want to wish good health. I don't know if you're aware or not, but 99-year-old, yours and mine, right there yeah. in the top five, maybe our favorite person in sports, the wisdom and the greatness of Coach Johnny Wooden in the hospital. Things not looking good, age 99. Uh, and I'm so glad I, you brought it up, Coach. I've yeah. been meaning to bring this up all show. Uh, yes. It's, we, what, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before when we were being like really, really gushing over, over that man. Yep. Uh, we both meant it. John Wooden is an American treasure. And I, I just hope he goes peacefully is the best way for me to say. Mm-hmm. So, and it doesn't look good. It's probably like any day now, to be honest yep. with you, Coach. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, hope, hopefully on Monday we can still talk about Coach Johnny hanging in there. But you're right. Uh, hopefully no pain and in peace. Big dog, uh, no pain and much peace for you this weekend. want to thank all of our listeners out there. We much appreciate it. Dog, stay out of trouble this weekend, okay? Well, I'll be at Rockies at 31st and Wells at 5 o'clock. And then at 9 o'clock tonight, I'll be at Galway's and whatever that place is off of Roosevelt Road. All right, beautiful. Go Hawks! And uh, David Olsen, our producer, great job. Thank you so much, everybody. Two guys at a mic. TalkZone.com signing off. Have a wonderful weekend.